0: No House Advantage is taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across the NBA, MLB, NFL, and PGA for cash prizes. This is an awesome new fantasy sports platform that's leveling the playing field and making it easier to win than on the traditional fantasy sports apps. Download the No House Advantage app and check out our daily player prop contest without having to make a deposit. Play in public-guaranteed cash prize pool contests or create your own private contests with friends. Use promo code EDGE when signing up and they'll match your first deposit with a $20 in free play. If your first-time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF EDGE annual subscription. No House Advantage offers daily player prop contests that include all types of player statistics. Featured player prop contests combine players of different positions across several statistical categories. Compete against other users and track in real time as you climb the leaderboard. Download the No House Advantage app now using promo code EDGE and they'll match your first deposit with up to $20 in free play. If your first time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF EDGE annual subscription.
1: Third Day. It's for the boys, they say, but first, it's for college football action, and that is what we are delivering today on this edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. This is once again Ben Brown rolling solo as we touch on some of the best college football bets available on the board. We will also go over some college DFS plays and wrap up with some player prop parlay games available at some of my favorite sites. Let's get into it. Week 5 brings an assortment of quality matchups. 15 teams in our top 25 ELO rankings will be in action on Saturday. We also have two matchups between top 25 teams, with Georgia and Auburn being our first game between top 10 programs this season. To begin, let's get an understanding of the slight level uncertainty by utilizing a measure called Shannon entropy. This theory is used to quantify information occurring in an event and a variable, entropy, calculated using probability. By taking this approach, we can quantify how predictable a certain game or slate of games is by taking the probability assigned by the betting markets through their money line probabilities. Week 5 falls right in line with the uncertainty we saw in Week 4. It sits just below the mean that we have for the past 6 seasons of college football slates that involve at least 8 regular season games. Week 4 and 5 see a bump up in uncertainty now that conference schedules are fully taking hold. This rises until Week 11, which is when we start to see uncertainty wane as we wrap up the season with a better understanding of how teams are evaluated. My three written plays early in the week have held to their initial lines, except for Ole Miss at Kentucky. The total has skyrocketed since the opening 56.5. My write-up had initial value on 60.5, but the number kept climbing and now sits at 62. We see just under 10% of college games land in this 57 to 61 point range, which is a pretty drastic change to an opening number. The 62 in college is worth about 2.2%, with numbers being less valuable in general than in the NFL. Joey Gatewood has been approved to play for Kentucky, which provides a dilemma at the quarterback position for the Wildcats. Terry Wilson looked ineffective in Week 1, with the Wildcats' offense generating negative EPA on both pass and rushing attempts. Gatewood could provide a spark, but I still think this game sets up well for the under. Another early week spot that I liked was Baylor as 2.5-point as road favorites to West Virginia. I was on West Virginia the week before, but have quickly flipped after the loss to Oklahoma State. Charlie Brewer has the second highest percentage of positively graded throws in the Big 12 to start the season. Jarrett Doge has produced positively graded plays at half the rate Brewer has, while also recording more negatively graded throws. We also have historical context with Charlie Brewer, so it's safe to say he is the better quarterback in this matchup. Baylor also has the second best defense in the Big 12, with the Mountaineers not that far behind, but still not as quality of a defense as what the Baylor Bears have. The market appeared to meet some resistance at plus three. It sat at two and a half for three days before coming back to the opening price. I think this line still offers value and is playable on Baylor unless we see a move back to plus three. So if we get two plus two and a half or minus two and a half on Baylor's side, I definitely think that's playable. But if you see it get up to uh, three in that regard, I don't think it's much of an offering at this point. The biggest matchup of week 5 is another SCC showdown between top 10 teams. We will get our first look at JT Daniels in the Bulldog red. Bone Nicks actually performed quite well in week 4, grading out as the 5th highest quarterback in the SCC. It was buoyed by 4 big time throws, but there was some bad mixed in, with 16.7% of his throws negatively graded. This was also the 5th highest amount among SCC quarterbacks. Georgia obviously still has some unknown at the quarterback position, although we've seen JT Daniels in action, we don't know how he will necessarily fit into this Georgia Bulldog offense. This is not essentially scaring off betters, however, as the opening line added the hook to Georgia with a 58% cash percentage on the Bulldogs. The tickets are heavily skewed towards Auburn, however, making this a situation where public betters definitely like the underdog. At 7.5, Auburn actually provides just a little bit of value, according to Green Line. 7 doesn't really look too Touchable, but a play on the money line is actually viable if you are looking to back a decent sized dog on the biggest game of the day. Outside of the SEC, Oklahoma is looking to rebound after last week, but needs to beat Iowa State. Oklahoma is seven point road favorites. People don't seem overly excited to back the Sooners as the line opened at plus 10.5 before falling basically down to a touchdown spread. It cut through quite a bit of value with no opportunity currently allowed at the necessary price. We had a play on Iowa State for most of the week, but that has essentially dried up with a significant line movement that we've seeing throughout the week. The total has bumped up a point as well, but there isn't much that you would expect given the cash and ticket percentage. It is all one-sided towards the over. So we see a, a little bit counter to the market according to Green Line in this one and lean towards the under for a little bit of value. But it's not necessarily a strong play that we're looking at t- uh, for tomorrow's game. The most anticipated matchup from a DFS perspective has to be Memphis versus SMU. It is the highest total on the main slate and the highest one that we find throughout the weekend. Memphis averages almost 90 offensive snaps with SMU not far behind at just under 80. Both schools have graded in a .30 EPA per pass attempt to start the season. Brady White is tied for the second highest percentage of positive graded throws in the country. Memphis has by far the highest opponent adjusted offensive grade in the American Conference. SMU sits third in the same metric. Our model leans slightly towards the over, but this game isn't a full send like I thought it was earlier in the week. It was one that I actually wrote up. Um, There's been a little bit of adjustment. There's some weather concerns. It's just kind of a tricky game to sort out, but um, we'll see what actually happens. It also is kind of tricky from a DFS perspective because it is difficult to fit both receivers both top receivers and with their top quarterback. So I'm not seeing too many viable options if you're looking to get DeMonte Coxey and Reggie Robertson in lineup along with Brady White and Shane Buchel. So from a game theory perspective, it could make sense to look elsewhere for DFS. Another option that our offensive projections like is the Alabama Pass catchers. A stack with Mac Jones, Devonta Smith, and Jalen Waddell projects to be quite underowned. This total is low, which should drive away basically all ownership. But this is still one of the best passing attacks in college football. After a warm up week against Missouri, they could decide to pour it on at home in what could be a high quality matchup. If Alabama starters play four quarters and are efficient as their big play offense could be, they should essentially pay off their modest salaries, and they could be pretty under the radar stack here in week five. A few receivers besides Devonta Smith and Jaden Waddle that are popping up in the DFS blow model is Tyler Wallace, who, of course, still has the questions at quarterback. Shai Smith Smith and Elijah Moore, along with Demonte Coxie. Coxie could see some top-level ownership given that he's in one of the highest projected games and obviously has a great matchup, but it could be slightly prohibitive to fit him in at that price point. Elijah Moore and Shai Smith both look like sneaky options to throw in as a third receiver in a game stack. I've also been gravitating towards Jalen Preston, especially as a game stack if I'm using that Alabama trio that I mentioned earlier. A site that I've only come across recently is Prize Picks, which offers a house player prop game based on fantasy points. It is PPR scoring, but offers no bonuses for yardage or totals. Based on my fantasy projections for college, there are a few viable plays, especially at the quarterback positions if you're going to look for some over-under bets. Kyle Trask at under 28 fantasy points seems like value. I think that was a little bit of an over-adjustment to a solid first performance for Kyle Trask, but I don't necessarily see this as you know a high octane offense this early in the season yet i could be proven wrong but at this price i'm buying under on kyle trask 28 fantasy points when the one i'm pairing along with it is the one i have mentioned previously and that's mac jones i do expect this alabama offense to have a great game especially from a passing perspective over 24 fantasy points that seems pretty low given the talent that he has at the wide receiver position i am playing this as a power play where two picks pay out is three times, so you have to win both bets. I do really like that approach, and I do think that's probably um, the best opportunity that we see at Prize Picks this weekend. so, if you're making a deposit on Prize Picks, make sure you use promo code PFF, and we will hook you up with a hundred dollar free play along with that hundred dollars that you deposit. So you should be looking at two hundred dollars. You could pay, you know, right away if you throw a little bit of cheddar on uh, Kyle Trask under twenty eight fantasy points and Mac Jones over twenty four fantasy points. So that's my recommended Prize Picks play of the game. Towards the end here, I think we should dive into maybe some NFL derivatives bets. It was pretty hot to start. Um, I wrote my first article basically on it last week, and we went 2-1 on our first written plays. A couple situations that I'm targeting, I think the Indianapolis Colts and Chicago Bears are kind of an intriguing matchup. Frank Reich and Philip Rivers have been seamless to start. Reich continues to be one of the best in the business at in-game play calling and decisions. This has led to a hot start for the out of the gate for the Colts as they lead the NFL in EPA per pass attempt on scripted plays. It's so also argued and probably true that they actually haven't played any quality teams but i think that might be a question that is answered this weekend because i do think the bears are quite comp quite comparable and could be a good team depending on what they can actually get from big nick if nick Foles is the competent quarterback that he's shown previously in seasons past and i definitely think the bears could contend here and i do think that this game could potentially be a little bit higher scoring than what the market currently implies Right now, um, after an opening print of 45, that number moved down to 43. And it's kind of, you know, 44 and 43 are kind of significant numbers at the NFL level for game totals. We see almost 8% of NFL games land on one of these two numbers. So crossing below that is pretty significant line movement. I am inclined to kind of lean away from the market in that regard. And I do think the Colts are kind of an interesting spot given their first half team total. I do really like what they're, where they're sitting at at 10.5. There might be a little bit of added juice, but I do think the Colts are definitely playable here at over 10.5 to start the game. Another situation that's kind of setting up similarly, a lot of people are targeting this game from a DFS perspective. It is the highest total game of the week, and that's the Cleveland Browns traveling to the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, we've seen the previous games that the Cowboys have put forth in 2020. They have essentially all turned into that shootout performance. So uh, you know piling on and continuing on in that direction definitely seems like a plausible scenario the way that I'm playing this game however is from the Cleveland Browns perspective I do think that they probably um could play pretty well in this situation I do see a little bit of mispriced opportunity here on their first half team total again that's sitting at 10 and a half as well but that really doesn't align with the overall full game market or the first half spread in total which is kind of giving a little bit different picture so I do expect to see the browns get over 10 and a half first half points they haven't necessarily been great from a defensive perspective on those scripted plays so i do expect the cowboys to potentially move the ball pretty quickly and pretty easily and i think that just adds to the possibility that the browns uh, are able to not only move the ball themselves but get some points on the board and what could turn into a high scoring first half and potentially a high scoring game the final game that i like i think basically everybody is in one way or another on the ravens this weekend but uh i'm kind of leaning for. Uh, first half total on the Ravens as opposed to actually playing them straight up right since the spread on their game has now moved to 14 points for the full game and I do see some row 14 and a halfs as well so a spot that I'm kind of buying into instead is that first half team total where the Ravens just have to get over 14 and a half total points I think that's definitely a viable play I do think that they're going to come out of the gate hot and I do expect them to keep their, their offense on the foot on the gas for as long as they possibly can here in this game so i expect their offense to perform really well to start and i should think we should carry that over at least into the second half but i do think that they could easily get over this 14 and a half point total i do expect that it could potentially move up to 17 points uh, as we head in closer to game time so i do think locking in that opportunity as quickly as you can is definitely a viable bet coming up for this sunday's action So once again, this was Ben Brown. First, I talked a little bit about my favorite college football slates coming up here today. A little bit of DFS action. We talked some prize picks. We got to do a little bit more player props. And then uh, we talked a little bit about some of the best betting derivatives that we have coming up for NFL on Sunday. We'll be back again tomorrow. We have player props with the legendary Eric Eager and George Tahiri. They're gonna be guiding you on the best player props to hit for that Sunday morning slate of NFL action next time. This is Ben Brown. Thanks for joining us on the PFF Daily Betting Podcast.